you guys. Welcome back to another episode of PSA. I'm your host, Molly Lee. I'm so pumped that you would join me once again to hear my weekly ramblings. And this is, as always, you know, there's always something that's going wrong with me. (laughs) This is going to be an interesting episode, potentially, because I just had to take an allergy pill about 30 minutes ago. And for some reason, allergy pills just affect me really bad, the the drowsiness does. So I'm sure by the end of this, I won't even know what I'm saying. And it'll kind of be like booted and zooted in the most wholesome way possible by not drugs or alcohol, but by medication. A, a, A non, well... It's it was Benadryl. I mean, not no free ads. It was a generic allergy pill. Um, but yeah, it, it could be interesting. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. I have the most sensitive skin in the world. Truly, I could just brush by my face with my own fingertips, and I will have a rash and start swelling immediately. Especially my fingernails. It's so bad. Um, and sometimes it's fine, but then other times I just have a random flare up where I won't even be doing anything, and I just look in the mirror and there are hives all over my face. So that was one of these situations. Um, so I popped one. By the end of the episode, we might be having fun. Who knows what I'm going to be talking about? But. I also thought I would start giving everyone a redneck family update for the week on the podcast. Um, I haven't been posting much on my Instagram story because I've just kind of been overwhelmed or it's been boring stuff that's been happening day to day, Um, like at the house with the renovation and just being here for different contractors or people that are doing stuff. So... I haven't had much to share, but there have still been, you know, redneck family things happening behind the scenes, as I'm sure you can imagine. (laughs) So the redneck update for this week is we just took the Christmas lights off of our house this week. We were those people. And I want everyone to pause for a second, get out your calendars, and you're saying, oh my gosh, Molly, it's June. Yeah, yeah, by the time we realized that the Christmas lights were still on the house, this was like March, and we were like, it's a pandemic, it's fine. And then I think my mom just thought we would do it. Obviously, none of us were living at the house, so we assumed my mom and dad would do it, or that they would pay someone to come do it, and it just never happened. And so, we realized that we need to get our roof replaced, or they've known, obviously, we needed to get our roof replaced, but they decided to do it while we're doing all of these renovations, And literally, the only reason why we took the Christmas lights off the house this week was because we're getting a new roof and it was a necessity. Um, That's, I'm ashamed to admit that, that we were just so unbothered by it, but it's true. And my mom said something that I agree with. I kind of wish that, not like colorful Christmas lights, that just feels very Christmas to me, but you know, just like the normal string lights, like we just put the white lights on our house, and I kind of wish that those were just a thing year-round. Like I know people string them up in the backyard and everything, but why not keep them up on your house? I I hate that I'm turning into that person, but this might be another cause that I'm passionate about, <laughs> is leaving the Christmas lights up on your house. By the time we realized again the second time, it, like I said, it was June, and we were kind of like, we're halfway to Christmas. What's the point? Nevertheless, we had to take them down. So, we also live on Main Street of our town, and so although our town, like I've said before, is less than 2,000 people in Albany, Texas, it is still, like, the highway just runs right through town, and so we essentially just live right on the highway, and everyone that was passing by was judging me so hard. Like, usually I pay no attention to the people that are driving by when I'm doing something outside, 
But these people were like doing a triple take, not just a double take, like a one, two, three, arching all the way, like craning their neck out of the way to stare at me and what I was doing. And at one point I literally shouted out, you're not better than us. And I, and I had a moment where I had to stop myself and be like, who have I become? What am I doing by yelling at strangers? Hopefully strangers. I hope it wasn't Albany locals that were passing by because I don't need a, an, like, Facebook DM that's kind of passive-aggressive that being like, are you okay? Like, I, I witnessed this interaction of you yelling to a stranger, um, are you okay? I don't need that. But I, I was yelling at them, you're not better than us. Uh, and that was a low moment. My mom had to come around the house at that point and help me because she could see that I was on the edge of a real manic episode. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I think in her mind, she was probably like, the neighbors don't need to see this. Like, they see enough. They have to watch all of our family traditions with the Lee Olympics where we're throwing hair dryers around in the front yard every Christmas. You know, like they have to witness enough. They don't need to see me have a manic episode in the front yard. So all was well, though. I got over it pretty quickly. Um, my short attention span, that's kind of a good thing sometimes. So all that being said, um, I've kind of reached the point, like I said last week, the honeymoon phase was over with my parents. Uh, this week was a lot better. We just have started to have a working relationship. Um, and we, I've kind of settled into the stage of feeling a bit suffocated. And of course it makes sense when you think about it. Cause I went from living in the DFW area, a large area where everything's at your fingertips. You don't realize that until you're there or until you didn't grow up that way, obviously. Um, uh, but even when I went to college in Lubbock, it was such a like excitement when, okay, I don't have to drive 30 minutes to go get an ice cream past 6 p.m. or something like that. You know what I mean? And living in DFW, I am such a social person. There's so much going on all the time, obviously. Like, there were obviously a lot of events that wouldn't even start until 9 or 10 p.m. Um, You know, bars, hangouts with friends, all that kind of stuff. And so, I, I started to feel a bit suffocated just realizing there's nothing going on. Like, there's nothing happening around me, which I knew that would be the reality, and I even prepared myself for that a little bit. But there's something that happened this week. Um, I had to make a day trip to Fort Worth, and that was really fun. I got to see some friends and pick up a painting that I got done for my mom for Mother's Day. Yeah, don't look, again, just look at the calendar and judge me. I procrastinated once again and didn't even get this painting commissioned until like the end of April, so it's fine. But got the painting, she loved it, but while I was there, I specifically went down early so that I could go to Trader Joe's. I packed my coolers, I packed the ice packs, I spent time making sure that it was going to be shaded everywhere that I parked in Fort Worth. After I went to Trader Joe's, I made sure it was like a, a shaded area. It was a, it was an event, but all the groceries made it back home safely. I, I, I've never felt that alive. Because although I've done more exciting things than just randomly going to a Trader Joe's on a Monday, just because of feeling so suffocated lately, I have never felt that alive or I don't remember feeling that alive in a long time. And it was just a normal grocery run. I was probably only in there 25 minutes. I knew what I wanted to get, went in and got all my favorite things. Um, Also, I know people always give a power ranking of their favorite things at Trader Joe's and all of them are wrong because no one ever talks about the beef and broccoli. It's in the frozen section. It's a little spicy. It's so good. It's the best thing at Trader Joe's. 
Every friend that I've told this to, they then go get the beef and broccoli and they agree with me that it's the best thing there. So you can take your dark chocolate peanut butter cups and shove them where the sun don't shine. Although those are, those are good and it's fine. It's not the best thing there. And that's the hill that I will die on. Anyways, that was a passionate rant. But one of the most difficult things about leaving the DFW area was leaving Trader Joe's. And I didn't realize that. Also, I usually hate overhyped things. I guess that's just one of the layers of me being the worst person ever is anytime a bunch of people are talking about something, I want nothing to do with it. I'm like really disinterested. So I think the first time I had ever heard about Trader Joe's is when I was in college and I was living in Lubbock and I had probably probably passed by them and seen them but just didn't know what it was. And I, when I heard about it, I thought it was like a world market type of place where you know, like in World Market, they have the quote grocery section, but it's really just all random foods and delicacies from other countries, but it's nothing like refrigerated or anything like that. That's what I thought Trader Joe's was. And so when I actually went with one of my friends and realized it was a grocery store with the most fine delectable items, uh, I was hooked and I understood the hype, obviously lived really close to them for two and a half years. And now that I'm far, far away, like at least two and a half hours away from the one in Fort Worth, it's soul crushing because it, it truly is a thing of you just, you want what you can't have. <laughs> and now um, I, I feel alive once again because I have a new mission in life and that is to get a Trader Joe's in Abilene, Texas. So although my parents live in Albany, that's where I'm living this summer and right now, um, we always grocery shop in Abilene anyways mainly and are always going to Abilene. So I, and they would never come to Albany, right? 2,000 people and they would never come here. But Abilene, I actually think a Trader Joe's would thrive in because even though Abilene is relatively small, like a smaller, obviously, area, there's so many small towns surrounding it that everyone goes to Abilene to grocery shop and there are like three universities there where there are so many students coming from these big areas and big cities that obviously have Trader Joe's there. So I I really do think it would thrive, but I kind of got down on myself because I've tried uh, grocery store influencing before in the sense of, I don't know if any of you remember when I tried to get Publix to come to Texas. And here's the thing. Publix knows what they're doing. They're good at what they do. I had one taste of a chicken tender pub sub and my life was changed. And I was literally convinced that the heavens opened up and God spoke directly to me and said that this was my mission in life. This was my purpose was to bring Publix to Texas and it hurt the most. It felt like I was going through a breakup. I sent them like five messages in a row. I messaged them every day for about two weeks and I gave up because they read every single message and (laughs) just ghosted it. They didn't even say like, love your enthusiasm, heart, heart, or like, like a message. They just ghosted me and that was a rejection that I wasn't prepared for and that hurt really, really bad. And then my pride kicked in when I realized uh, I'm just giving them like free advertising basically and I swore to never speak of Publix again on my Instagram story. I broke that promise because I started thinking about the chicken tender pub sub once again. Um, but, But now you will never see another hint of Publix on my story. No free ads here. So that's life I was living. Um, so I kind of was like, I'm just so sad. And I was like, well, instead of being sad, I could be proactive and try to get Publix to come to Abilene, Texas. So 
I really don't know what to think about it. I posted the link on my story because they literally have a place where you can request that, um, I almost said Publix. We're not talking about them anymore. We're done with Publix. Publix is garbage to me until the next time I'm in Georgia or Florida. But uh, there's a place on the Trader Joe's website where you can literally submit for a store to be in um, your city or your town. And I posted that on my story and a lot of people swiped up and wrote in about Abilene, Texas and about how much they would thrive there. People that don't even live in Abilene. And so if you've never been to a Trader Joe's, if you don't care about Trader Joe's, if you're not from the West Texas area and you don't care about this either, this whole podcast is going to be dedicated to me telling you why um, I just need this win in life because people don't, people who didn't grow up in small towns don't realize what small town life is really like. So not only do I just personally need this win so I can feel alive again um, and have a passion like, or a cause that I'm passionate about, but there's just truly nothing to do besides sit and be alone with your thoughts. So just think of when you hit your COVID quarantine mania where you were just over it, you were over being indoors, you were over having nothing to do. That is everyday life in a small town. That's why I thrived in quarantine because I was like, I'm back in high school. That's where all of those really dumb like character sketches came from and the reason why I haven't done them again. That was such a COVID specific like mania response because I felt like I was safe. Because I truly felt like I was back to what I know. I was back to having nothing to do. I was back to only talking to my friends on the phone because a lot of my friends lived in other towns growing up. And I didn't really psychoanalyze that until all of this happened. (laughs) So just imagine that feeling. Imagine that moment. I want you to feel bad for me, even though I really am thriving and so, so happy back at home. But that is why um, I need you to care about this cause with me of getting a Trader Joe's to um, Abilene. So I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Well, I guess I am. But really, I just want to talk a little bit about what it's like being from a small town. If And some people might think this is so dumb, but I have a lot of friends that like grew up in Houston or grew up in Dallas. And when they went to Lubbock for college, they were like, how do you live in this small town with nothing to do? And Lubbock has so many, like, actual small-town kids from Texas and New Mexico that go to school there, where we were like, you, what are you talking about? Lubbock is like the Garden of Eden to us. There's so much going on. There's so much to do. They have more than one, like, first of all, they have a Target. Second of all, they have more than one Target. You know what I mean? Like, Abilene has a Target, but... As much as we drive to Abilene, it's 30 minutes away. It's still like, just thinking about Albany, we have one fast food restaurant and that's Dairy Queen. And so Dairy Queen's open until 10, but all the other restaurants, every business closes between like 5 and 6 in town. So after 5 p.m., the town shuts down. Um, Obviously, Dairy Queen's open until 10, but besides that, the only thing that's open 24 hours is Allsup's. And Allsup's, I don't want to knock Allsup's. Allsup's is this beacon of hope for all Texas and New Mexico towns. (laughs) And if you've never had an Allsup's burrito, I do feel bad for you. I really do. Um, Because the Allsup's burrito is something that is so gross in theory, but is so delicious and becomes a way of life and becomes your only safe haven. 
I can't even begin to tell you how many positive memories in my life I have surrounding a gas station burrito, which I realize that is sad. And that's why I needed to be a part of this movement. So I'm just going to throw that out there. My only fear is that my love for Trader Joe's and trying to get this movement started will be overshadowed by my short attention span and the history of serial hobbies that I have. And it really, really is an issue. Whenever I was thinking about that idea that this could just be another phase or something that was so fleeting, when I truly, in my heart of hearts, am so passionate about it right now. But there have been so many hobbies or passions that I have just really, like, felt this burning passion for that after, I don't even know the amount of time, I just don't care about it anymore. So, um, I, I made a list of some some hobbies that I've started. This, I wasn't planning on talking about it for the podcast. I was just interested for myself, but it's really bad, actually. I will get super into, like, a very specific thing and spend anywhere from, you know, it could even be, like, $200 on supplies or subscriptions just to drop it maybe even a week later. And that's why I'm the worst kind of person because I wasn't truly planning on sharing this, but when I started making this list, I just started to jot down a couple of the hobbies that I started um, or activities or things that I was just convinced that I would love and would become part of my personality in everyday life and also how quickly I stopped them and the financial investment, if any, that I made to this cause. So the first one was tennis. I started playing tennis in junior high because me and my friends just wanted to. We just thought it would be fun and kind of funny to play tennis, which is like not the reason you should start playing a sport. And in in junior high, like I didn't really care about tennis. We played it because it was fun and we had fun doing it. But when I got into high school, I didn't want to play tennis like on the high school team, but I just became independently very, very interested in tennis. And so I made my mom buy me the very specific like tennis shoes and not tennis shoes, but you know, the shoes for tennis (laughs) and a new racket and so many tennis balls. And actually I played golf all throughout high school. I actually really still love golf. I love to play. I'm just not great at it. Um, but it's, it's fun. And so it wasn't that I like hate sports. I love sports, but just tennis was not my vibe. I did not like it at all. But thankfully we have a lab. So the tennis balls were put to good use. And at that time it wasn't my money, but I, that makes it even worse is that I made my mom buy me the, the court shoes for tennis. And I made her buy me this new racket and all of these outfits because Lexi played tennis. She loved tennis. And I was like, well, I played in junior high, like, and I enjoyed it. So I know I'm going to like it. So I convinced my parents to buy me all this stuff. I played quote seriously or tried to get into it for like a week and a half and then I was done and just when I've been you know renovating my parents house and throwing away all of our junk or sorting it to be donated or to sell I uncovered this box with all of the tennis stuff that I made my parents buy and I was so ashamed I just took the tennis balls outside to you know give to the dog and just to add to the pile of tennis balls that we give to W because I was like I just I can't look at them in the eye and remind them of that moment because there have been a thousand other moments like it. So the second activity 
uh, that I was really, really into. This is the one that I'm most embarrassed about, truly. Um, also, that was my shoulder that just popped. I don't know if that picked up on the mic, but that felt revolutionary. Um, anyways, uh, I think the allergy pill's kicking in. <laughs> this, I'm most embarrassed about this one. I was really into knitting <laughs> for, like, two days. So, this is true. It's very embarrassing. Or was it crocheting? I think it was knitting. I don't even know. I didn't spend enough time on it. But I had two, I still have two really good friends that are older than me. And I think they were in town. This is back like post-college when I was living in Abilene and working at the church. And I had just told them that, you know, like I need to have more hobbies. This is again, serial hobbies. I have hobbies that I don't realize are hobbies. Like the podcast is technically a hobby, but in my mind, I'm like, I have no hobbies. And reading, like reading is considered a hobby to the rest of the world. I read every night, so I don't consider it a hobby. And I spend lots and lots of money on books or Kindle stuff, but I don't consider that a hobby. But the thing is, I have hobbies. I just don't realize that's what it is. Also, y'all thought I was dumb as hell, but y'all just found out I'm a reader. I'm a reader every night. I read every single night. That, uh, that cult leader that I was a- accidentally a part of their church, um, he once told me that leaders are readers. So, don't be intimidated by my intellect level learning that I read every night. Um, knitting. Back to knitting. <laughs> oh no, this is bad. So, I, I had two friends that were in town. They were in Abilene for something and I was talking to them about this and they both were like, yeah, we knit and they still knit and they are like great. They knit blankets and sweaters and all kinds of gifts for people and they're so good at it, but they were like, we love it so much. It relaxes us. It's something that we can do like passively while we're watching TV or whatever. And I was like, that's what I need. I just need something to occupy my brain. So they took me to Michael's uh, to buy some supplies. They convinced me. I look, I look up to them so much. So it was easy for me to be convinced that knitting was my future. And I probably dropped a hundred dollars without thinking twice and bought like, you know, the nicest knitting needles that they had instead of the starter ones. (laughs) That's the problem is I'm so convinced that I'm going to stick with all of these hobbies that I buy the best of the best. I'm not going to buy the beginner stuff because I don't even want to mess around with it. Um, but yeah, I, I spent like probably a hundred dollars or so on yarn and knitting needles and something else. And then I spent, you know, probably 30 hours researching knitting tutorials and information and things like that. So I spent a good, like, I guess four days researching because it was all I would do. I would come home from work. Even when I was at work, I would be watching videos, like all kinds of stuff. And I would come home and try to knit and it was bad, but I was like, oh, I'm going to get better. And I, I literally lasted two days knitting and I never touched any of it ever again. Never again. And I had a garage sale when I moved out of that house before I was moving into... I, I don't know if it was when I was moving to Dallas. No, I moved into another house before I moved to Dallas. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I just bagged all of that knitting stuff up and sold it for like a dollar. So, that was a terrible return on my investment there, but it's true. Knitting, yeah, that's the most embarrassing one for sure. The next thing that I really, really, I thought it was going to be my thing, guys, was yoga. I bought the mat, which wasn't that big of an investment, but in my mind, like, I know I keep talking about that, but really, I have to have some kind of commitment so that I make myself do it. It's a little bit of, like, psychological warfare that's happening internally, where it's like, I have to invest some kind of 
or feel like it's some kind of sacrifice so that I commit to doing it. And so the mat wasn't enough because the yoga mat, you know, you can find them anywhere. It was easy to find it and it was cheap. And so because I like to torture myself, I paid over $100 to this yoga workout subscription service, knowing full well that there are free yoga workouts on YouTube or anywhere that you Google yoga moves. You can learn. But I paid $100 to this subscription service workout yoga thing. I kid you not. I did three sessions over the course of that year that the subscription was alive and well. And I would say about 90% of the time, I just stayed in downward dog. (laughs) Like, even on the beginning classes, they were too advanced. I'm not flexible. That's not a surprise. Um, And I would just stay in downward dog. And I know that's the point of yoga is you keep going and you get better. And it's not just about yoga. It's about mindfulness, all of that. I'm already mindful in the, not actual mindfulness, but I'm never out of my own head. I never sleep at night because my thoughts just torment me from the time I wake up until the time I try to go to sleep. Then when I try to go to sleep, my thoughts keep me up. Like my brain is just constantly on. So whenever I try to do something that's like meditation or mindfulness, um, it, it's a disaster because I just can't even focus. I just, I feel like I overanalyze myself too much anyways. So it was just a whole mess. And I just stayed in downward dog or just laid flat on my back. And then there was one time that I saw the mat in the corner of the room and was really inspired. So I, you know, Googled this beginner yoga workout and actually did it and felt great about myself. And then my pride kicked in because I realized I didn't use the subscription service. I used a free video and I was so mad at myself. And so I swore off yoga. I swore I would never do it again. Um, Yeah, that was a bad phase of my life. So the next thing, I think every woman has had a scrapbook phase. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, your grandma's into it or your mom was into it. And I had a a minor scrapbook phase when I was in high school that, again, lasted less than a week. But it, it came spitefully because it was directed at my mother who did not fill out a baby book for me as a child. And I know the baby book was different than the scrapbook, but she almost made my brother and sister's baby books like scrapbook-esque with all the cutesy stuff that she did. She didn't just, she didn't just fill out the information. She put all the cutesy little things and all of these wonderful items, but being the youngest of three and also coming 14 months after my sister, I, we're only 14 months apart, so whenever you have kids that close together, I know that it's hectic, but I'm still so mad at my mom that she never filled out my baby book. It is blank. It is absolutely blank, and So I was like, I'm really going to get into scrapbooking so I can start remembering my life now since my mom didn't want to remember my life as a child. Um, I'm so troubled. (laughs) I'm so different and troubled. Not really. But yeah, I kid you not. It, uh, I, I don't know. And this was again a, a financial investment that I made my parents pay for by guilting them into this. And I went to like Hobby Lobby's or Michael's, I don't even know. I bought all the things. I can't even tell you how much money we spent because if you scrapbook or if you've ever had to scrapbook for something, you know it's so expensive, but you buy the paper, you buy the stickers, you buy all the extra stuff. I don't even know how much money I spent on this. I didn't even complete one single page. I didn't even buy an actual scrapbook. I just bought the supplies and I was over it by the end of the day, I'm sure. And the only other time that I touched it was when I was in college and I had to make one of my friends a shop book <laughs> or a shop page for her shop book. 
if you don't know what a shop book is, it's whenever someone turns 21 and at their birthday party, a lot of people will do what's called a shop book where the people who are invited will bring a page and usually you have 21, obviously, and you decorate it. It's supposed to kind of be like a rhyming thing or a cute thing or something to do with the number that you are. So, everyone's assigned a number. You have to make a page for it. And whatever drink of choice you choose, you and the birthday girl or guy, I don't don't know that I've ever seen a guy do a shot book, you and the birthday girl will take that shot together. So, but it's not just liquor. Some people just do liquor, which is nuts, but some people do water or grape juice to, like, give these people a break. And so, I, that's the only other time that I touched it in college was when I was making a page for a shot book for a friend. But it did come in handy because I had all the supplies and I didn't have to spend any money. But still, I've never touched that or thought about that again. So, along with that, I actually do have a hobby that I've spent money on that has, but it's not like super recurring. It's just a once a year thing. But I love to make those like personalized ugly Christmas sweaters. I have lots of felt and supplies that are always just around and have spent lots of money on this. And every year about mid-November, I remember this passion that I have and I just drop some cash at these craft stores because I've got to make the best sweater out there. And so, I I actually think I, I said this last year, I really wanted to make some and either sell them or give them to friends. Um, but then when COVID happened, I didn't end up doing anything. This was like I guess the year before I thought about that. And so then obviously when the holidays rolled around this year, it was kind of like, mm, no, I'm not going to do that and spend all that money when they're not going to have anywhere to wear it. So didn't do that, but I would love to because I like, I don't like the generic ugly Christmas sweaters. And I know it's the thing now for people to make them in the stores and to buy them or whatever. But I like this year, the one that I made, it was a kitchen scene and it was this oven that lit up when you opened it. You could open the oven door and inside there were gingerbread cookies on a tray. And I even got some like gingerbread scent and put it on the sweater. So it also smelled like gingerbread. It was a whole scene. I loved it so much. My favorite sweater that I've ever made, um, even more so than my more elaborate Christmas sweater that I made probably three years prior. But that has been a recurring hobby that has come around every year, but obviously it's seasonal. So I guess I do have like a seasonal hobby. I really don't need any more. I don't have time to do these things. Like I said, I, I read a lot. I write a lot, not just for mental health stuff with journaling, but I just love to do like creative writing or passion projects and again with being a serial a serial hobbyist uh, like once every three months I remember that I want to write a book and so I just have this word document started called book (laughs) very original and I'll just go in and like write a chapter or two and then leave it so that book will never see the light of day that's me admitting that to you guys but in my mind I'm like working towards it but no so yeah it's it's bad I feel like this is a really boring episode and I'm sweating bullets because, again, my parents keep the house at 75 degrees. Also, that's another redneck situation. I could save it for next week, but let me tell you this. So, my parents, today, I had to stay at the house all day because the AC guy was here because they got this fancy air unit put into their room. So, it's not a window unit. It's like one of the ACs that's like at a hotel room. They got that put in their room, okay? So, here's the thing. They're still smoking me out of the house, keeping it at 75 or 76, but now their room is Antarctica. And so my dad even said, like, well, since we have this unit, we might even turn the AC off at night. And I'm like, off? Like, please don't do that to me. 
So my only other option that my dad gave me was that I could sleep on their bedroom floor. So really what that translates to is I could be cool and temperate, but also be tethered to a weekly chiropractor visit for the rest of my life by sleeping on the ground. Or I can just sweat profusely and not really sleep. And I think I'm going to go with option two, not only so that I can be in a bed, but, you know, maybe if I just keep sweating constantly this summer because I walk outside in Texas and I'm sweating, I'm inside, I'm just sweating all day. I have to think that this is getting out some toxins and maybe I'll like lose weight naturally without trying. I mean, my friends and I have been working out this summer, but also, I mean, this this has to just add to the cause. You know what I mean? It's an unintentional hot girl summer because I'm like literally just blazing hot all the time. Lots, much to consider and think about. (laughs) So anyways, all that to say, those are some hobbies that I have that I'm a serial hobbyist. And that was a list really not to tell you about the hobbies that I've started and stopped, but to tell you about how quickly my brain works and my attention span, that I am truly worried that with this whole Trader Joe's thing that I am now passionate about and considered it's my, you know, next cause in life is to get a Trader Joe's in Abilene. I'm worried it's just going to be another phase. So that's why when I'm passionate about it now, understanding that about myself, I need you to join in this movement with me. Um, so I just am, you know, I think my next step needs to be making an an elaborate PowerPoint to send to their headquarters so they can see it's not just like, you know, they didn't just get spammed by a bunch of strangers on the internet saying Abilene, Texas for no reason, that there could actually be a potential like great opportunity here. Trader Joe's, I just want to make you more money and I'm nothing without your beef and broccoli. It's a selfish endeavor, but it's one that would benefit the people. So why not? (sighs) Also, I feel like I need to circle back to Allsup's really fast. I feel like I was a little harsh on Allsup's. Um, but I mean, a lot of people really have asked me what we did in high school, like for fun when you live in a small town. And here's the thing. I graduated with 23 people. Like I said, my town has less than 2,000 people. What you do for fun is you ride around, you take the drag. The drag is just Main Street. You get in the car with your friends and you drive Main Street over and over again uh, you drive down back roads out of town, you drive to the next town over, which is Abilene, so it's just basically driving, or you drive to Allsup's. That's what we would do for fun, or we would get in the cars, and we would all drive to the same parking lot, and park our cars, and sit outside and talk. That's what you do for fun in a small town, and Allsup's was our only beacon of hope and safe haven, so I don't want people to think that I was, like, trying to be funny or diss Allsup's. Mm Mm-mm. You, you were not built to live in the South if you're not down with gas station food. And not just, you know, I'm not talking about, like, the hot dogs that are at gas stations. I'm just talking about gas station food in general. If you've ever thought, wow, that pizza looks really good, but it's a it's from a gas station, so I'm not going to eat it, you have to be willing to, willing to take that risk because the reward is so great. Because then you realize that you're just a degenerate garbage human being like the rest of us, and now you always... Um, have a delicious meal option available for you no matter what time of day because there's going to be a gas station close to you that has a delicious meal option available. Um, Yeah, I love Allsup's. I really do. I'm unashamed. The the only downside, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to talk about Allsup's. I want to circle back so I can not talk bad about Allsup's. Here's the downside of Allsup's really fast. 
um, whenever you walk into an all-sub, specifically the one in Albany, you're agreeing, basically a blood covenant you're making with the owner of all-subs, you're agreeing that you're going to smell like grease and have a thin layer of grease upon all of your skin for the next three to four business days, minimum. It's embedded into the styrofoam cups. It's congealed into the gum that's on the shelves. Uh, like, it's it's everywhere. You just, it's this thick cloud of grease that you walk into from them making all of the delicious burritos that we would consume. But like, heaven forbid, you would have to bake something late at night. Like you forget about a bake sale the next day, or you forget that you were going to bake someone a cake or your friend, and you didn't have an ingredient because you'd have to go to Allsup's. So it's a good thing Allsup's had it. You know, you think about eggs, milk, butter, sugar, flour, like Allsup's has all of that, right? But you're agreeing to whatever dish you're baking to just taste like allsups. And you're going to serve that to people, but it, but it's all about performance in a small town. So you can't show up empty-handed. <laughs> because again, it has just become part of everything that's in allsups, the grease and the smell. And it's, it's really, really bad. It actually is really bad. But that's the only bad thing about allsups. Everything else is perfect. Oh, there actually is one more thing. It's the, it's the spot in town where all the June bugs and crickets will gather to torment the locals during the summer months, since it's literally the only place that has the lights on at night. So that is another bad thing. Once you get through like the bug fortress and you get inside to your quote safe haven from the bugs, then you're slapped in the face with grease. So you win some, you lose some. Anyways, all this to say today, if you don't, even if you don't care about small towns, if you don't care about Trader Joe's, you've never been to a Trader Joe's, just do this for me and request that the next Trader Joe's is in Abilene, Texas. You can go online. I'll probably put the link in my bio because I'm so passionate about this cause right now. Also, you guys need to remind me if I haven't been posting about Trader Joe's a lot or talking about it coming to Abilene um, because I don't want this to just be another phase or a hobby because you heard today that it's, we can't keep doing that. We can't keep like giving money to causes that I literally just forget about. It's not that I don't care about them. I just forget about them. (sighs) I'm disappointed in myself. Anyways, I just really need to have access to the beef and broccoli is what I'm saying. And I need you guys to help me with this. So my only plan of attack right now is to just keep bombarding them and manipulating the market to where they think Abilene, Texas is like their safe haven where their store is going to be taken to the next level. Um, and maybe it could, we never know, but that I just dedicated a whole episode to this cause. I hate myself. Anyways, love you guys. I think that's all that I have for this week. Again, not much has has happened in my life. Not much has been exciting. I get really inspired by like living everyday life and the stuff around me. And so the fact that I haven't really done any of that lately, you know, that's why there's a whole episode dedicated to Trader Joe's, but it's okay. Live, laugh, love. Um, love you guys so much. As always, you can find me on social media at Molly Lee 31 The podcast is on Instagram only at Painfully Self-Aware Podcast. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what your favorite item is at Trader Joe's because either way, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong because it's the beef and broccoli. And also, if you've never had the beef and broccoli, you have to go buy it and tell me what you think. Anyways, love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you next week. See ya. Hey.